Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show with me, Sean Sheehan, here on SherDog.com. And it's another PFL preview I'm back with today as the PFL 4 2022 regular season card goes down this Friday night, I believe. Uh, it's on in Atlanta, Georgia, over in the United States. And to be honest... It's a really good card. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this. There's some really good matchmaking and it's actually gone through for the last hour or so here, looking at some of the fights, looking at some of the fighters, how they match up. I'm very excited about this one, to be honest. I think it's... There, there's a lot of... Do you know what there is a lot of? There's a lot of potentially exciting fights, but there's also a lot of like potentially hard battles. And there's one fight, the second fight in the card that I am really excited about, even though maybe it's not, you know, the standout one maybe for other people, but I'm looking forward to it, and this one, that's one of the battling ones, but I will get into that uh, in a second. Um, so this week, it's going to be the 205ers and the 155ers, so light heavyweight and lightweight, uh, going to be uh, going to be taking the stage for PFL. And let me just quickly run you through their standings. Uh, so at 205 pounds in the light heavyweight division, uh, there's two fighters on a six points uh, and four fighters uh, on a one and all record so far sorry five fighters on a one and all record so far so Antonio Carlos Jr. tops the table on six points uh, with Amari Ekmanov also on six points then Rob Wilkinson and Corey Hendricks both on five points with Martin Hamlet also on three points uh, because if he he got, he got a win as well uh, and then obviously the people who lost to those are all on, on zero points and own one uh, Monte Pesta Sutus Sardi and Clutius, uh, whose name I can't say. Uh, and then we've Joshua Silvera as well coming in, who I'm very excited about, but we'll get to him in a second. Then at 155 pounds in the lightweight division, um, obviously Anthony Pettis tops that. Uh, he is not fighting this week now. He'll be obviously fighting in the, in the upcoming weeks, but uh, he is on six points. Hausch Maffeo is on four. Uh, Clay Collard and Alexander Martinez and uh, Olivier Aubin-Mercier are all on three points. And then we've Schultz, Ray Stevens, Don Madge and Miles Price uh, all on zero points with uh, an 0-1 record. And then obviously Marcin Held now is coming in as well. And he is on... Uh, he hasn't fought yet, so he's zero and zero far so far for the season, and uh, he'll be fighting uh, this week as well. So, um, you know, after the first week, I suppose. The PFL would be actually pretty happy with it. I think that their guy Anthony Pettis uh, is right. Not not their guy. I'm not. You know. I'm sure they they they, they want whoever wins to win. You know. But um, the, the guy you would want if you're a promoter to be at the top, Anthony Pettis, and I suppose Ant- Antonio Carlos Jr. as well. He has been one of the stars of the PFL over the last uh, couple of seasons. Obviously, winning last year as well. It was uh, it was massive for him, and it's great to to create kind of a a star. You know, a PFL star. I suppose <clears throat> we saw for years. Bellator had different stars and you know Michael Chandler and, and Eddie Alvarez and others as well and I think it's important for a promotion to create something like that you know they have the Nathan Schultz and others as well but um, yeah this is uh, this did, don't, don't, that's how the standings go anyway and uh, we, we will get into the card here um, for twist let's do it uh, opening up the card is actually a fight not on uh, any of the tournaments it's a 155 pound fight Bruno Miranda against Nate Jammerman um, 
so uh, 17 fights versus 20 fights 15 and 5 versus 14 and 3 and I'm sure you know if someone pulls out maybe 155 or if there's an opportunity next year <coughs> as I choked to death here um, maybe the winner of that will be uh, you know getting a place in, in the tournament or maybe getting a place on the uh, on, their, uh, on their contender series well I know he fought on the challenger series even uh, I know that um uh, Miranda fought on the Challenger Series back at the uh, towards the start of the year, and uh, Jimmerman as well has um, you know he this is his first fight for um, for the PFL, but he's fought in LFA and other places as well. You know he's a win over Kevin Croom who's fighting in the UFC at the moment. He's fought Bobby Moffat, so he's been around for a good while uh, on the scene, and uh, be uh, that should be a good fight. But the fight I'm looking forward to. And honestly, you know, a lot of people mightn't even know about this fight or mightn't mightn't care, but I care. This is a a fantastic fight. Martin Hamlet versus Josh Silvera. Now, if you don't know the name Josh Silvera or anything like that, he's 8-0. And you probably know the name Silvera. And you can probably guess who he is. He's Conan Silvera's son. He's fighting out of ATT. He's 29 years of age, so he's not exactly a, a young up-and-comer. You know, he's only had eight fights. He's been fighting uh, since 2019, and he's done great stuff. He's won the, uh, the LFA Middleweight Championship back in 2021, late in 2021. Three months later, he comes into the Challenger Series, and he wins a fight there. He was supposed to fight Sardi, um earlier on in the year but that fight didn't happen now he's fighting Martin Hamlet here um so first of all if you don't know Hamlet very strong wrestler gets on top of you just grinds you out really really hard guy you know to, to beat the only guys who beat him in the last couple of seasons are uh, are Corey Hendricks and Antonio Carlos Jr you know, he's beat Dan Spahn he's beat Cesar Fajia and he beat Theodorus who's fighting on this card uh, as well in, in last season's uh, competition you know he lost to Modeskis as well back in Cage Warriors a few years ago but other than that you know it's it's been all wins for him and a a, a guy with good submissions, you know, a few rear naked chokes and, and uh, arm triangles and stuff on him. He's one of those guys will take you down and make it very, very hard for you. Silvera is the same. You know, he he is the same, but in, in um, I would say, in a more attacking way. Um, he has lots of early finishes. He has lots of finishes. Uh, his last fight was a rear naked choke in the third round, but before that, he had okay one unanimous decision win in the, in that title fight, which went uh, you know which went five rounds, which is a good thing as well. But he won forty nine seconds uh, before that, forty one seconds before that, won halfway through the first round before that, and there's a few other first round finishes as well. So this guy is a finisher. He'll pick you up, lift you up. Put you on your back and make it a tough night for you and goals for the finish. And I looked up a couple of his fights and it was it was those ones that I was talking about there. So I, I haven't seen too much tape of him because there there isn't that much out there now. Maybe I, I could go further and find it somewhere else. And I was looking for it, but I but I could. But um, you, you could tell by that. You can tell what kind of an attacking fighter he is. And I love these sort of matchups, right? Where you have this dominant wrestler like Martin Hamlet and then you have another guy who's a really really good wrestler as well and who's going to win that battle you know who's going to win the wrestling battle I think this is going to be one of those fights where both guys are going to go out and try to wrestle out maybe maybe because of that just thinking about it a little bit more maybe it'll turn into a striker match maybe it will but uh I like I think Silvera will win it I think I think he'll win the wrestling matchup if it gets to that. Uh, and now I I don't know maybe what I'm basing that on. Hamlet's probably fought the better competition and everything. But to me, 
just looking at it, and maybe like some wrestling expert would be able to tell better than me, but just from the eye of someone who's been watching MMA for however many years now, 14, 15 years, or however many years it is, it just, it just feels like Silvera has that something a bit special about him. And from watching a couple of these fights, obviously not too much of it though, because uh, there isn't too much out there, but he, he just looks like a great athlete he looks special and you see that name and you see who his father is as well and you see what Jimmy's training out of I'm excited I'm really really excited so that's a fight it, look it might be the best fight in the world it might be the best fight in the world it could be a wrestling battle for for three rounds but it'll be a great fight for people like me and people like I, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this uh, as well who like that sort of fight so that's uh that's a good one to kick off that card. Obviously, the second fight on the card, and I really, really like that one, the 205 pounds. Sticking at the 205 pound division, we have Rob Wilkinson uh, versus uh, Victor Pesta. Uh, Wilkinson has had a good start to his year this time. He beat uh, Bruce Soto uh, in his last fight, and he's on a pretty good run. You know, he's only lost two fights in his whole career. That was Theodore Zaladasanya and Sayer Bahadurzada uh, back when he was in the UFC in, what, 2017, 2018, some. He's been on a great run. You know, he's had a bit of kickboxing and boxing and stuff like that. Fought a couple of times uh, in Australia, but now he's back with, over in America and in the PFL as well. Uh, and he's fighting, um, you know, Victor Pesta here, who, you know, got suffered a big knockout the last time. Thankfully, this isn't one of those ones where it's only a, a three or four week turnaround. He has a good, just looking at it here, around eight week nine week turnaround so it's good hopefully he got healed up and, and took a maybe a couple of weeks off training or whatever and was able to get back and is, is healthy coming back in here um and you know it's it's a very interesting fight rob wilkinson i, I was just watching his last fight and they were kind of saying in the commentary that he's known maybe down through the years as a, a bit of a grappler a bit of a wrestler but he's added a lot of strike you know he's taking kickboxing and boxing matches on we didn't see too much of it uh, in that last fight because he was getting a lot of takedowns and stuff and against uh Against Pesta, it'll be interesting to see what he does because Pesta came out in that last fight, and he, as he does a lot of the times, and um, you know he was he was going toe to toe with Akhmedov. He was looking, you know, for for the big shots, and he's got what three stoppages in the three fights before that. It, uh, two of them early enough uh, in the first and second round with uh, with punch, punches over an octagon. So uh, you know he has a lot of submissions and stuff as well on on his record. But he look, he's another guy who is is a finisher, and I'm sure that um, Rob Wilkinson will know that and I don't foresee this one going like the Akhmedov fight I don't think Rob Wilkinson will come out and trade with Victor Pesta early the way Akhmedov did now worked out obviously very well for Akhmedov but I think Wilkinson will put him against the cage try to pull him to the ground and try to take him down good like he's good jiu-jitsu Pesta and stuff as well I think he'll probably you know he'll be trying to avoid that and uh, <laughs> he'll be trying to uh, to take I, th I think the longer this fight goes the more it suits Rob Wilkinson but uh, it's an interesting fight. Wil Wilkinson's one of those guys. He's fourteen and two, and you know, because sometimes some you know fights happen like that. A senior fight, and it was you know it was a relatively close fight from memory. I haven't watched it now in a while, but that was the fight, wasn't it? Where Wilkinson took Adesanya down a good few times, and people were kind of saying, "Oh, maybe Wilkinson won that fight." If the, if I'm not mistaken, that it wasn't it. But um, but but still, and all after that, we kind of maybe people wrote him off, and he you know he obviously was out of the UFC and things. But fourteen and two, it's a pretty good record. Going back watching a couple of his fights, he's a very good athlete, very good all around fighter. So maybe Rob Wilkinson is sort of guy who could make a run here and uh, and do well at two hundred and five pounds. You know he need to beat Victor Pesta to start that, but uh, let's see let's see if he can do it. Um, 
The fourth fight on the card is another £205 fight. Emiliano Sordi takes on uh, Dylan Monte. Um, you know, Sordi, watching these fights, he he picks his shots very well. Uh, very light on his feet, moves around a lot. But the one fear I would have for anyone fighting at probably 185 and above uh, is that if you do fight like that, you are going to get tired. And if you don't get your early finish, you're probably either going to get finished late or you're probably going to gonna lose a decision like that. You even see like some of his fights, uh, his last fights, a fight against Corey Hendricks. I think there was a little bit of that on it. You know, he lost towards the, the latter, or towards the second half of the uh, of the uh, the second round or towards the middle of the second round. Lost by a decision to Antonio Carlos Jr. You know, so he he's a very good fighter and a very dangerous fighter. You know, he's beaten the likes of Chris Camozzi and others as well, but I, I that's my one fear for him. Now, against uh, Dylan Montem, who also lost to Car- Antonio Carlos Jr. very early, obviously, after 29 seconds earlier on uh, this year, and that was his first fight in, in the PFL. Um, you know, he's a finisher as well, and lots of, uh, you know, he, he, he likes to bring the fight to the ground and get, get a few submissions there. So, uh, look, I think it's one of those fights where you look at it from Sardi's point of view, and if he's not on track here, if he's not, he doesn't have his head in his shoulders here, this could be a potential banana skin for him, you know, he's obviously lost his first fight uh, in the PFL, he's been one of the favourites for the last few years, he's been around the PFL for the last few years, and this is a very big fight for him, and a must win for him, and I think um, that early going is going to be very interesting, and I think, um, you know, if Sardi can land his hands early and can... I love his uppercut. Hit a few jabs and a few uppercuts, push that pace and catch Monte. I think he can get him out of there, but it's it's one of those ones. If he doesn't, maybe Monte, and I, I don't know too much about Monte late because there isn't that much step in him, you know, going against this level of fighter late, but, you know, it'll be an interesting one to see where it goes if it does go like that. Or maybe Sardi will just be too much for him and we'll just kind of beat him up for 15 minutes, but I don't know, it's, it, that, that's one of the ones I, I find hard to call, honestly, I find it hard to call, I, I, you know, the betting show later in the week, I might have a couple of bets for this, I think that's probably one I will avoid, to be honest, I would probably pick Sardi, but yeah, I think, and I think Sardi probably will be a big favourite, but I wouldn't, I, he's, I like his style, right, I love his style, but that style of 205 pounds, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's if it's going to be able to, to work the way uh, the way he wants it to work over a long uh, a long period of time. Anyway, as I fix my microphone here, uh, the two two time champion, I believe, Nathan Shulton takes on Martin Held, who was one of the you know the European favorites for a long time. Uh, Schultz obviously lost his last fight by a split decision against Aubin Mercier, who's also on this card as well. They fought back in 2021 as well, and um, Schultz lost that fight to Martin Held. It was a very very good fight for Held, but Schultz has some you know great results down through the years. He's beaten the likes of Chris Wade and Jason High and uh, and others as well. You know he's Jesse Ranson and Ramsey Nijim and like Rabs about. So he's a great record. In the uh, in the PFL down through the years, but Held was that guy who kind of stopped all of that and and was able to uh, to beat him last year. He did lose to Oba Mercier, did uh, did Held, but you know he's a, he's a great record. He's been around for a long time. You know he got into the UFC and he was maybe a bit unlucky. He got some tough matchups, lost to Diego Sanchez in a close one, and he, you know he fought. 
he's fought in Bellator before that, but he's wins over the likes of Patricky Pitbull, who's the champion over there now, and Niles are at Hackbrest in the UFC, and Derek Anderson, and uh, Rich Clementi. He's been fine for a, for a very long time, and, you know, submission specialist, and oh my God, my guy Sean Dinney uh, is a big fan of, uh, of Martin Held, and I'm a big fan of him too. I like his style. Um... You know, it, it'll be an interesting one. I don't, I don't know if Schulte is where he once was in his career. I know Held beat him the last time, so you'd probably have to put Held coming in here as a favorite again. Even though I don't know, I, I don't think it's the, the the best style matchup in the world. Well, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm calling that one wrong. But I I expect a performance here from Nathan Schulte, I believe, because. I, I think a big issue with him, and there's a couple of guys in uh, in PFL, but it happens in in every uh, organization who are kind of, you know, it's probably maybe their time to move on at this stage and go maybe somewhere else and try something different because he's been there and kind of done it and he won the championship twice now and, you know, maybe it's just his time, but a guy like Held has beat him and it kind of stopped that run, maybe that will be the, the G-up that he needs in, in this fight. Um... Back to the two hundred and five pounds division. Then, as we get uh, towards the uh, the top of the card, actually the the top of the the uh, prelims is Omari Akhmadov, who got a great knockout in his last fight against Theodorus Axtulios. Um, honestly, watching Theodorus, I'm not, not that impressed with him. Uh, yeah, there's there's he's just one of those guys where you look and you're like, well. How is he going to fare against someone, um, against someone like Akhmedov who can wrestle, uh, who can punch, who does everything very, very well? Like watching his last fight against Martin Hamley, just got took it, taken down and taken down and taken down, and now that's I said earlier, that's the type of fighter Hamlet is. Uh, Akhmedov used to be that type of fighter, I think, but he's kind of changed up a little bit in his career, but. I and look the thing about uh, um, Tidoris as well he has some great wins you know he's beaten my guy Bruno Capeloza uh, back in 2015 that was a long time ago but that's a great win he's a very very good fighter so he has you know he has the ability and he has he's a finisher as well his last two wins he was, he's won inside the distance but I just think Akmanov is going to have too much for him here honestly I think he's going to I think he's going to push that pace I think he's going to take him down uh, if he needs to um, but I, I just do think I think that right hand over the top is going to be money for Akhmedov and uh, I, I think he's going to win that fight I, I don't know I just maybe I'm wrong maybe there's something I'm not seeing in Theodorus but I just I just feel like there's a lots of guys in that division uh, in the PFL right now who are just better than him and I think Omari Akhmedov is, is probably one of those right let's get to the top four fights um I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of split them here, so I'm not gonna go in order because I want to talk. I maybe a little bit biased. I'll talk about Miles Price and Jeremy Stevens with the with the main event as well. So I want to talk about the the co-main event and the fight under it first. Uh, Mafeo against uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier uh, is a very interesting fight. Um, I, I watched. I watched loads of Hoshima Fio now over the last few years covering these cards, and you know he's some unbelievable wins. Look at his last four wins: Don Madge, like Rabs above, Clay Collard, Anthony Pettis, and even before that, you know Gilton Lutterback, who's a very, very good fighter, the the Brazilian German, is he? Um, those are unbelievable wins, you know, unbelievable. Okay, three of them are by decision, and he knocked out uh, Don Madge in his last fight, but still, in all, there's there's 
there's nothing wrong with that. You know, Aubameyang Mercia has you know has had a good time as well since he's uh, come into the PFL. He beat Schultz torture uh, and held uh, you know after losing three on the bounce and getting caught over uh, over at the UFC. And uh, look, the la- that last fight for uh, for Hausch Mafeo, he changed. The, the the one thing I think that was holding him back, and if you go and listen to any of my previous um, previews, you'll probably hear me saying, Hosh Mafeo doesn't throw enough shots. He's very good. He has it all. He can do it all, but his output is just not enough. It's just, it just never was, but it was against Don Madge. Like, in previous fights, he's constantly waiting, but in this one, he was landing. He was trying, and I'm not saying you know he's not going full Max Holloway on it or anything like that. Not by any means, he wasn't doing that, but he was throwing more. He was landing that big uh, left hand, um, and he he beat him and he won that fight. And he took it away from you know from being a close fight. And even though he's been winning the close fights, a lot of those fights, he you know he was. Not necessarily where they're heading, but a lot of those fights he was the better fighter in, but it made it close because he wasn't throwing enough, if you get me. And that is the exact sort of fight that could happen against uh, Aubameyang Mercier uh, this Friday night. It really, really could work out that way if he doesn't throw enough. Now, if he does throw enough, I, I don't think they're... I think Hausch Mafeo could be the best guy in that 155-pound division over in PFL. I really do. I think he's very, very good. But he needs to throw enough, and he needs to up his output against Aubin Mercier. You know, I was listening to uh, the commentary on the Aubin Mercier fight, and they were talking about his judoka and uh, his you know background as a judoka. I think he was on the, the uh, Canadian national team. And he uses it well at times. He, do, he really does, but I think he's going to need to use it more against Hausch Mafeo because... Mafeo can land hard you know he's a, he's a good striker and Oba Mercy is Oba Mercy you know he's a good all around fighter but I don't think he is uh, I put it this way I think he has kind of unpacked all his potential if you want to put it that way and he's become you know a very good all around fighter I feel like Hosh Mafeo is a very good all around fighter but he hasn't unpacked all his potential if you get me you know I feel like there's something left and we saw you know we saw it against Dalmat so may, maybe he has now and maybe this will be Hosh Mafeo for the next five or six years and he'll go on and he'll take everything you know in front of him but you can't say that based on one fight so this is a big one if he wins this Sky's the limit for Oshmafeo. I really like him. I think he's a very, very good fighter. Um, uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. in Shoefest against Brucey Soto. I, I, I don't think this one will be much uh, much of a competition, to be honest. I, I, Soto, look, he's a very good record. He's uh, 15 and 4, but he went in there against Rob Wilkinson and he kind of got just thrown around and he got beaten. I didn't see too much from him, even when it was standing up when he was throwing shots. Look, he threw some good overhand rights and landed a couple as well, but I, uh, maybe, you know, maybe someone who's gone back and watched all of his fights. I watch bits and pieces of him and he can, he can fight. You know, he's a good fighter, but against Antonio Carlos Jr., like the way Rob Wilkinson took him down and dominated him and, and then hurt him as well in the start of that second round and finished him after only a few seconds. Like, I think Antonio Carlos Jr. would be able to do all of that. You know, and he, we saw in his last fight, he's able to hurt someone early and get him out of there. I think Bruce Soto is the type of guy who will get taken down. If you get taken down against Antonio Carlos Jr. with the uh, the jiu-jitsu level that he has, it's curtains for you. And he's also a guy that kind of... Uh, panic is an unfair word. I wouldn't like to say anyone, especially at that level of the game, panics. But he is not as adept in the kind of the madness of striking as someone like an Antonio Carlos Jr. is... 
And even Rob Wilkinson, you know, who as I said earlier on, he's not exactly, you know, he's not fucking Muhammad Ali, like, you know, I shouldn't be cursing, but sorry. <laughs> and even he caught him in that sort of, uh, in that sort of way. But um, yeah, look, this one is an Antonio Carlos Jr. fight all over. And uh, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll win it. Uh, and then t- to me, the, the top two fights on the car, Clay Collard, Alex Martinez, Jeremy Stevens, Miles Price. I'll talk about the main event first and I'll, I'll leave my Irish bias till the end. <laughs> but um. I watched a good bit of Martinez, and do you know what? I like him. I, I really like him as a fighter. He beat Stevie Ray last time out, and um, he's my. You see the guys up in the wall here behind me. He's my type of fighter. He fights on the outside. He's long. He throws wheel kicks. A languid striker. Good in the clinch as well, though. And he's a good guillotine. Um, he's the type of guy. If you do take him down, he make you makes you pay for it, and he can get back up as well. So, a dangerous fighter. Only nine and two. Still very young in his career. You know, he's twenty eight years of age. He's obviously he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's only two losses are to Nathan Shulton. Like Rabzabov, probably two of the best fighters PFL have ever had. You know, and he's beat Rabzabov as well before that in the fight I, I watched there earlier on. A very a close fight, but he I thought he did win that fight and beat Stevie Ray, obviously who's a top top fighter in this part of the world uh, as well. And he's last time out a close fight again, but uh, I think he he did win that one. Um. And he obviously fights Clay Collard here, so it's it's a clash of styles. You know, Clay Collard went and became a professional boxer there during the uh, during the lockdown. He came back, and he did great last year. Be Pettis and be the Jewelton Leatherback before losing to my guy Maffeo, but uh, went in against Jeremy Stevens. We'll talk about in a second. Had a fight of the year, and then a brilliant fight. And uh, that was that was two months ago, but still, that's the type of fight that. Physically, it'll be take time to recover from, but mentally as well. After a fight like that, you, it feels like you want six or seven months off, and he doesn't have that. And he's back in there against Martinez in a very different sort of fight. Um, Collard is very good at breaking the distance, getting inside and landing his strikes. It's it's almost like he's he's one of the best in MMA, honestly, at doing that from a boxing range, while still like being able to get out and establish that range again very very quickly. Usually it happens, you know. It's it's sports, it's sports, sports, sports all the time that that it happens. And he's not one of those guys. I think he's very uh, uh, fluid in his. Um, not not necessarily his game plan, but very fluid in his kind of movements in his game plan, if you want to put it that way. Uh, that does get him a little bit tired, especially later in fights. We saw Pettis, he almost got finished in that. And uh, even in the in the Stevens fight a little bit, although he was still there at the end. But uh, I wonder, Mart- Martinez is not the type of guy to get f- tired. You know, he's, it's a 155. It's a little bit easier to move on the outside the way he does it. Um there's not as much output in his movement as there is in the collar movement, if you get me. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. This could be a bit of a war of attrition. Could be a, another close fight. Who lands the more powerful shots or who the, the judges think has landed the most powerful shots? Could be a close one. But you know what? I'm really excited about this fight. I I, 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 I might be wrong. And I, I hope I'm not uh, I hope I'm not cursing it around you. But I don't think this one's hitting the ground. I think it's going to be a stand-up fight. And I think it's going to be a very, very good one as well. Uh, in, in the, uh, I think that's the main event. Um, but the fight, you know, from my point of view, and I know a lot of people's point of view maybe, looking forward to Miles Price against uh, Jeremy Stevens. You know, uh, we all know Jeremy Stevens down through the years has been, you know, the hardest sitting 145 pounder in the UFC. And he comes up and he's fighting a 155 now. Uh, I'll mention it again, that war against Clay Collard last time out, uh, a fight of the year contender, and okay, he's on a bit of a losing streak, he lost to Gamrat early and Cater and Rodriguez, and 
Aldo and Magomed Sharapov but he has some very good wins as well look at everyone talking about Josh Emmett at the moment he's beaten him he's beaten Gilbert Martinez beaten Duo Chai the former champion Hinnambrough Darren Elkins my guy Darren Elkins he's beaten him and very, uh, a lot of fighters down through the years fought some of the best as well he's fought Pettis before he's fought Cerrone he's fought Thibaut he's fought Lausanne he's fought Dos Anjos and beat Dos Anjos as well so uh, uh, a really really you know a who's who of, of names that he has uh, on his record uh, and he comes in here and he fights Miles Price, um, you know, out of obviously out of uh, Kilkenny here in Ireland. Uh, if you haven't listened to my interview, I'm sure it'll probably be up around the same time, maybe just before this, with Miles. Um, and Miles fought Anthony Pettis in his last fight, came in there, as you probably should against Anthony Pettis, went straight across the cage for a takedown, but was caught with a big shot. They got on top, made a slight mistake, and ended up getting uh, triangled after a while. He was three years out of the cage before that fight. Uh, it's all about the turnaround here for Miles Price. If he can deal with the turnaround and he, you know, he can come out at a hundred percent Miles Price, he's he is a good fighter. You know, he went in there and he beat Peter Queeley in his fight before that. Now that was three years ago, and he was. I spoke to Miles about it. You can go listen to that in an interview. There was a bit of politics and you know Bellator fights, and then he ended up signing with the PFL and everything like that. And it, it was a tough time for him and he, he said he, he likes the quick turnaround here to get back in you know three and a half months it's about five weeks since he has that last fight so Miles is he reminded me in the interview as well he's a, a good boxer like he's uh, our striker even his background was in striking before he kind of went out and he trained with Habib trained at AK and became a very good wrestler and ended up winning the Peter Queeley fight because of that very good wrestling now against Jeremy Stevens here you know, you're going to have to do a bit of striking, but I think the wrestling is a big key as well. If you look at that Gamrod fight, he got taken down early and submitted early. And I'm sure Miles Price will have gone back and looked at that and kind of said, well, you know, maybe you need to strike on him a little bit here, try to take him down and try to win the fight. But if you're Jeremy Stevens in, you're probably saying, look, if I can stop that takedown, stop him getting on top of me. You know, Miles is probably a, a, a bit physically bigger as well. Jeremy has fought at 145, and I think Miles, has he, I think he's fought a couple of times, maybe up at 170. He's fought at 155 any of most of his career, but Peter Queeley is a kind of a big guy as well, and he was able to hold him down and take him down as well. So um, it's an interesting matchup if it's the apex of Miles. It's hard to know, though, with three years out of the gate, but still in all, you'd probably favour Stevens here. If he can't stop that takedown, you'd think he'd have enough for him with the power on his feet and if he can land a, a few big shots. But, you know, from an Irish point of view, obviously you'd really want to see Miles come, come out here and perform, even if he doesn't get the win. You know, after that Pettis fight, it was, it was very, very tough. A uh, bitter pill to swallow, uh, coming out there and, and obviously losing so quickly after so long out. Uh, but uh, hopefully the, the quick turnaround here will help him and we'll have, you know, another, another great fight. And it's, you know, it's the same for Jeremy Stevens as I said for Clay Collard as well. Turning around from that fight of the year contender to fight not too long after it as well. There might be a bit of a hangover there, but, um, you know, that remains to be seen. But hopefully that should be a, a good fight um, if we, uh, we have the, the apex of both guys as for a lot of the fights on this card so I will leave it there everyone it was, it's a very good card as I, as I kind of broke down there I'm really looking forward to a lot of the fights a lot of the uh, the top talent in PFL on the card this weekend and uh, let me know in the comment section which fight you're most looking forward to and who is your uh, who's your nap as they'd say and, uh, in, the, in the racing for your uh, for the weekend who do you think will definitely win from this one alright I leave it there my name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com and I'll see you all next time <laughs>